following message is brought to you by Capital City Baptist Church of Port Mosby. We exist to bring glory to God by knowing Christ and making Him known. If you would like to visit our church, we hold multiple services on Sunday mornings, starting at 9 a.m. We are located between Motokare Wharf and Edai Town. Pickups are available 7091000. We'll be taking our scripture reading this morning from the book of Judges, chapter number 17. Judges, chapter 17. We'll be reading from verse 1 down to verse 6. Judges, chapter 17, verses 1 to verse 6. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to follow along. Our sermon this morning will be on Micah's mother and will be brought this morning by Papa John. Judges, chapter 17, verses 1 to 6. There was a man in the Mount Ephraim whose name was Micah. He said unto his mother, The eleven hundred shekels of silver that were taken from thee, about which thou cursest, and spakest of also in mine ears, behold, the silver is with me. I took it. His mother said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my son. And when he had restored the eleven hundred shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I have wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son, to make a graven image and a molten image. Now, therefore, I will restore it unto thee. Yet he restored the money unto his mother, and his mother took two hundred shekels of silver and gave them to the founder who made thereof a graven image and a molten image, and they were in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had a house of gods and made an ephod and a teraphim, and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. This is the reading of God's word. Ever read the book of Judges? Have you ever read the book of Judges? Come on, raise that hand. You know stories out of it. Judges is one of those books that is so unusual say the least. Now this morning, I want to speak to boo-boo Mary's. I want to speak to mothers and young moms. I want to speak to young ladies who one day will be moms. But I'm using a story that's probably not the example you want to follow. Judges is one of those books that has stories of people Uh, As one author put it, they have hearts of iron, but they have feet of clay. In the book of Hebrews, the last list with names in it, in chapter 11 of faith, has four characters from this book, Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, who are horribly flawed people. But the fact that they're in Hebrews 11, the chapter that speaks of faith, it shows that God saves us by faith, by His grace, through His grace, and it has nothing to do with how good we are. But that does not negate, that doesn't put away the idea that we still have a responsibility before God to be the best we can be for God once we've trusted Jesus. So this morning, before I get started, I want to say... 
above all that we read this morning in Judges, and then I'm going to take you to uh, Proverbs 31, do not forget that the ultimate, most important thing for moms and dads, for young men and young women, is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Not lotu pasin, not I, I go to church, not my grandma or my grandfather, no, no, you yet, you yourself, are accountable to God, and you need to respond to God in a way that pleases Him, not yourself. Micah's mother is one of those people that shows us the wrong way to do things. And some of it we have to read into the text. Now, for those of you that study your Bibles, the book of Judges falls into the timeline after the first five books of Moses. Moses leads the people to the Jordan River. God said, you cannot lead them into the promised land. Joshua will do that. So after those first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you come to the book of Joshua. And it's the story of Joshua leading those two million Hebrew people into the land that they actually live in today. We call that land Israel. And it's the story of them driving out the people who had occupied the land. And the book of Joshua ends. Moses was the chosen leader of Israel, chosen by God. Joshua was the chosen leader, chosen by God. But when Joshua died, God did not choose somebody to take his place. Now, I'm not God, so I can't tell you why that was. But one thing it reveals immediately is how human nature is. We are very influenced by the people around us. If we hang around with good people, hopefully we are good. We hang around with bad people, we usually go bad. Judges is the picture of that. And the one verse that we'll hit again, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. It proved that their spiritual life only reflected what was coming to them. Now, there are good people. There are people that walk with God here. But something that, that we, we miss when reading the book of Judges, and as a, a Bible college teacher, this is huge to me, Judges 18 tells us this book is not written until after the captivity. You put it in the history of how this fits, when. This is at the time of Ezra. This is after David, after Solomon. This book is written in retrospect, looking back at the failures of Israel as soon as their godly leader Joshua died. Did you know that sometimes our failures don't come out place clear for a few years? I think Micah's mother's failure wasn't as place clear in the time that he lived as it is now. Now, I looked for a lovely picture of Micah's mother, and that was the best I could come up with. I have no idea what she looked like, um, but I think if you could reveal what's in her heart, you would see that. So as we look here at Judges 17 this morning, I want to I talk about Micah's mom and how she's not an example for us. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. It gives us examples good and examples bad. You're the only one that's good, Father. And so today we come to you, and Lord, I realize my inadequacy to even touch on any subject, let alone this one, I pray. Lord, for the sake of our mothers here, single moms as well as married moms, moms that don't have support from 
their family structure at home and they're trying to serve Jesus with their full heart, God, would you strengthen them today? Lord, if there's a mom here who is anything like Micah's mom, purge that out of her heart. And if there's a mom here, God, that doesn't know Christ, Holy Spirit, would you come and do your work this morning? Lord, thank you again for your word and for your faithfulness. Thank you for these, your people who have come today to hear. They've come to hear from you, God. Would you speak? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Micah, you know, is a man for his time. Everyone doing that which is right in their own eyes. The, if you read the rest of this chapter, we're not going to, we find that Micah on his own takes this idol, or maybe two idols that his mother made, and, but then he builds a house of idols. So what he starts with, he just continues and he makes more and more. Well, if you have a house of idols, isn't, doesn't that like violate like the second commandment? You're not supposed to make a graven image. And these people are violating the second commandment like immediately. Give you an idea of how Judges works. 1 through 16, historical story after historical story. Chapter 17 to the end, little snippet stories, little short stories that come out that make us go, are you serious? <laughs> Did they really do that? They're just pieces that come out of the history of the Judges to illustrate human hearts when they turn away from God, even though pretending that I worship the one true God. Micah's, Micah's gods. He has a house of gods. And then he hires a Levite. Somebody speak up. Tell me what is a Levite. Priests come from the tribe of Levi. The Levites are the ones who served at the tabernacle and later at Solomon's temple. These are the guys who are supposed to know the law inside and out. Micah has a house with idols. Here's a Levite wandering around the land looking for some place to work. He had a place to work if he was following God's word, but he's not. And so Micah said, hey, I'll give you 10 shekels and a shirt if you come work for me. And he's like, really? Yeah, you can be my priest. There is nowhere in the Bible that says you get to have your own priest. But these guys don't care. We're doing whatever's right in our own eyes. I got a house full of idols. I need a priest. You look like a good priest. Come here, I'll give you a new shirt. Matches right up. Look at that. Here's 10 shekels, buddy. Enjoy yourself. And he's happy about it. You follow the story of this, this Levite, who's not even part of what I'm talking about today. He, in comes a whole tribe, the tribe of Dan, who had complained to Joshua, our property, our land is not big enough. And Joshua said, well, then get a bigger property. Go defeat some Canaanites and get it. Well, as they do, they come through, and here's a house full of idols. Now, you'd think the Danites should have just come in there with their warrior thing and broken everything down and tore down the idols and said, we don't do this, we are God's people. No, they didn't. They were like, those are cool idols, and they stole them and took them with them. And then they said to the, to the Levite, hey, we need a priest. Come be a priest with us. And he's like, oh, I can't, we can't do that. And he goes, what's better, for you to be the priest of one man and his family or to be priest for an entire tribe of people? And then he was like, ooh, this is a pay increase. This is a better job. I get a bigger church. And he goes with them. This is the insanity that's in the book of Judges. This is where these people are that knew the law of God, that were supposed to be learning it. And even those who were supposed to be teaching it are not just going along with it. They're leading the way in this whole broken system. You want to find a... A, a way to be broken in this world, follow religion instead of Christ. I'm talking about people sometimes that say they're Christian. Religion will not save you. Can I say this straight? Religion, by Solomon, you go straight to hellfire. 
Because you don't need religion, you need Christ. You don't need religion, you need God Himself to transform your heart. And that's only going to happen when you yield yourself to Jesus Himself. doesn't matter what church you've been going to, what you need is Jesus. Let me come back to the story here, Micah and his mother. We pick it up in verse 2. He said to his mother, the 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from me. By the way, if, if I looked at that this week and trying to figure it out. Let me help you with this with your Bible study. I had never thought of it this way. We tend to say, well, a shekel is silver and it's a weight, and so how much is that much silver worth? Wrong. You check the value of it by what could you buy for it in Bible times, and then compare it to now. The shekel weight might not have been worth more than 50 kina each, but at that time, you could buy two or three days stay at a hotel. So just ring up Gateway, or Grand Papua, and say, hey, how much is it to stay there for one night? And you'll find out it's worth a whole lot more than 50 or 150 kina. The value of what he had is probably 100,000 kina in, in what you could buy with it. So this is some serious coin. Manya is stealing money, but he, he you know what? I don't know, he, just like some little boys I know, he went in mom's bilum and roused 1,100 kina. I mean, 1,100 uh, shekels. But I don't know what the story is that made him confess to his mother, but he said to his mother, the 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from thee about which thou cursedst and spake, spakest also thereof in my ears, behold, the silver was with me, I took it. I want you to notice this right off. She has raised a thief. If he's stealing from his mother, he'll steal from everything. He'll steal from the government coffers. He'll steal from your backyard. He'll take the clothes right off of your clothesline. He's a thief. She has raised a thief. And then interesting thing, how did she respond when the money was stolen? Oh, my son, we should call the police. Oh, my son, we should pray. No, what did she do? She cursed. She cursed. She's bringing curses down. Whoever stole this money may, and then who knows what kind of curses. I don't know if she got the pori pori man and he got his leaves and made, did whatever, but she cursed whoever it was. And I don't know if the boy got afraid because maybe she had Puripuri. I don't know. But he is afraid and so he comes tells his mom, that money you cursed about, um, here, here it is, I, I have it. She also, I noticed this, that she's a complainer. The 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from thee about which thou cursest and spakest of also in my ears. How do you think she talked to her son? She's like this 1,100 shekels of silver is gone. What kind of conversation did she have about it? You know how that is when, you, when your teeth are stuck together and you still talk? And she probably all day long, and then she has to listen to this. He said, you spoke in my ears. I don't think it was, oh, my dear son. Someone has taken our money. What shall we do? I'm pretty sure a mama that raised a thief is probably a mama that's a complainer. But she didn't, she didn't just do that. Here's the other strange thing. Mama, that 1,100 shekels, that 100,000 kina, I took it. Now remember, she is cursed about it. I don't know whether she cursed God or she cursed whoever stole it. But then she turns around and it doesn't say one thing about, son, why did you do that? Why would you do such a thing? What does she do? She becomes holy again. 
And we pass him Christian on top of skin long end and talk, bless you, my son. Did you know what James says about that, about blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth? You should read it sometime. James 3. James said, we can, we can steer a giant ship through the harbor here at Fairfax Harbor. We can take ships across the sea. We can get a horse that weighs 800 kilos and with a tiny piece of metal in his mouth, pull him one way and pull him the other, we can steer it. He goes, but that piece of flesh between your teeth, nobody can tame that. He said, it's like sweet water and bitter water. It's like talk no good, not good, but talk. How can such a thing be? This is this mama. One, two, she changes. Oh, blessed be you, son. I cursed you this morning, but don't mind me. I'm blessing you. Can you see the problem she creates? We, what, what do we say? I, I love pigeon, the way it does it. We say hypocrite in English, but in pigeon we say man belong, tupelo mouse. She's saying two things. Which one am I supposed to believe? This is Micah's mother. This is the lady that raised this guy. The third thing I, I notice about her in verse 3, when he restored the money to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a graven image and a molten image. Now, therefore, I will restore it to thee. She talks about God and giving to God, but she never did it. I had dedicated this money to the Lord. And then somebody stole it. Well, when did you dedicate it to the Lord? And why were you keeping it in the house? If you said you were going to give it, Mom, why didn't you give it? Why are you still keeping it here? She, has a, she talks about God. She talks about her giving to God. She talks about her spiritual life. But her life doesn't match her talk. And what she creates is a guy like Micah, whose disregard for things of God disregard for God's word, disregard for holiness and righteousness and true faith. He just puts it away. Why? Because his mother is saying one thing and doing exactly the opposite. Mothers, I, I'm not even finished getting through Micah's mom yet. Let that not be said of us. Parents, we raise our children. It is so important that our walk matches our talk. How we behave. Listen, we all fail. I was going to ask somebody to raise their hand if they never failed, but if they raised their hand, then they would be lying, and I don't want you to lie in front of the church. All of us as parents fail, fail miserably sometimes, but there is grace for those who will turn back and say, God, I was wrong here, and tell our children, son, daughter, I was wrong here, and restore it. There is no perfect parent, but there is a God who forgives imperfect parents and restores the home. This lady, she's not even in this category. In fact, let's come back to what she does there in verse 3. She had wholly dedicated this money to the Lord to make a graven image. I mean, she is quoting the second commandment. Thou shalt not make any graven image to bow down there to. I am the Lord your God. I'm the Lord, not your graven image. She, she's making false gods. She's worshiping false gods. Get this. She is selfish. She's not godly. Now, I had some pictures here to help you see. Idols of the ancient world. There you go. You think of Moses. When Moses went up on Mount Sinai at the very beginning, Aaron and the children of Israel brought their earrings together and their gold, and they made a golden calf. A molten image. Molten means that they 
it melted down and they poured it into some kind of a form they created and there's a molten image. She dedicated it for a molten image and she dedicated it for a graven image and that is an actual Baal statue from Canaan. Now Baal is a long story there, but let's just say he is the number one anti-God of Israel. And they're make, she's going to make a molten image and she's going to make a graven image. But you know, there are idols of the modern world. They look a little bit different, but same result. Idols of the modern world would be things like media and money and popularity. And if I could use a little bit of pigeon name, number, and next something. Because we, it, we, it's, money has is, is been one of the greatest anti-God things of all throughout time. Money is not bad, but money, the love of it is. And the media today, whatever on the phone, how many likes did I get? How many people are looking at me on Instagram? How many people are caring for me on Facebook? How many shares did I get? We, we, we're driven by what is that? And, and I, don't, I don't know how many mothers are driven by that, but as seeing our young people being driven by that, what kind of mothers will they be if they're trying to get their approval from a little piece of glass rather than from God Almighty and from our homes? Because popularity, all of us, enjoy popularity. Rare is the person who doesn't want people to like them. But we have artificial things that drive our desire for, for, for popularity and response. And then in some cases, it's for name and for number. How many mothers have sacrificed their homes like Micah's mom? Name and number. Or even the next new thing. Those of us that are a little bit older, we couldn't have dreamed of Facebook 10 years ago. I don't even know how Facebook old it is. Instagram, Twitter, you couldn't even dream. You're like, oh, what is that? Therefore, can I say to you right now, not as a prophet nor the son of a prophet, 10 years from now, there will be something in our lives that we never dreamed of that will be in part of just about everybody's everyday life. Know that. Things constantly change, some for the good, many for the bad. So as there were idols in Micah's world and his mother's world, there are idols in our world, but idols do one thing. They pull us away from our worship of the one true God. Fifth thing I want you to notice here about Micah, after he gives the money back to his mom, his mom makes the graven image and the molten image. In verse 5, the man Micah had a house of gods. He became a worse idolater, more of an idol worshiper than his mother. Someone said that it's, he began a homemade worship of a man-made God. Did you know that when you create God in your image, therefore your God that you create does what you want him to do? The prosperity gospel today exported all over the world. It isn't any nation. It's just how we want God to be our pull chain. That you come up to God and you go... I want this, I want prosperity, I want a car, I want good health, I want this, and all I have to do is pray to God and he gives it to me. Here, and, and the sad reality is it never happens. The people with the pictures of AIM Global and all these things where you could make money, the people you see, that it's, it's fake. It's all fake, but what it is is we, we're trying to find some way to improve ourselves, to better ourselves, to help our family, just to pay school fees. And the deception of the devil is out there, and the sad part is the people who make God that. I think it was this past week, I think Brother Eric sent it to me, a 
picture of guys marching around in Garoka with the flags of the provinces with an announcement that 770 trillion kina had been deposited in the banks for Yumi Papua New Guinea. First of all, you couldn't fathom 770 trillion kina. I wonder if in the entire history of our nation we've ever had that much printed. I think globally, you're talking about the GDP of major large countries. But why? Because we so badly want to be improved that we want God to be our pull chain. I'm just going to pull on that and he's going to bring that. And so everybody, look at how many people fall in and believe it. Brothers and sisters, we have to believe God, but we don't believe God for that. Because that is nothing more than molten and graven images. And when you follow that, you destroy your children because your children think that that's what it is. Or you destroy the respect of your children because they look at mama, papa, behind him, it's like I ain't something. Brothers and sisters, in Jesus, we have need of him. You and I have genuine needs. And we bring those needs to him. But he will meet them in his way. Let's not create worse idol worshipers in our children. My pastor used to say this all the time. Brother John, what you do, your sons will do in excess. The sin you commit, the anger, the bitterness, the frustration, you do that, your boys will do it worse. Any sin you do, I've seen it in my life, I've seen it in the lives of men that I've worked with, ministry leaders, the sins of the fathers don't just pass to the children, they seem to multiply in the children if the father doesn't stop it. Mom, the same thing for you. The sins of the mothers pass on. Maybe, just trying to guess some things that happen in our lives, maybe Micah's mother didn't invest time with Micah to teach him how to know and serve the Lord when she had the opportunity. Maybe she lacked giving him godly leading, an example. Maybe she lacked discipline herself and therefore was unable to discipline him well, or she was inconsistent with discipline. How many times we are inconsistent with discipline? Today, the rule says this. Tomorrow, the rule says that, but because I'm busy, I'm not going to stop you. I remember training the boys, and uh, my pastor, I was like, I'm, I'm just not getting anywhere with them. And he asked me that question, how consistent are you? And I was ready to say, all the time. And then I was like, no, I'm not. And he said, you're going to have to be consistent whatever it costs. And almost literally within the hour, I was driving somewhere. Young boys in the back seat in their little car seats driving. And then they start up and acting up and playing up. And mom's like, boys, stop it. Knock it off. And they won't knock it off. And they're fighting in the back seat. And so then I give that typical dad answer. Time you become up the house, yeah, you're back kissing time, yeah. Back then I didn't speak pigeon, but you understand. And then the Holy Spirit says, time you come up the house, you by losing tintin, yeah. Or the boys aren't going to relate it to this. And I remember going, I'm in a hurry. We've got to get where we're going. And the Holy Spirit said, consistency or your life. And I remember throwing that turn signal on and pulling the car off to the side of the road, out of the way of traffic, getting out. Boys, come with me. Took them around the car. Stick him backside, straight in Tupla. And I talk, now sit down in the car and be quiet. No more fighting with mom or each other. Put him back in the car. It was the most peaceful ride after that. I didn't beat him within an inch of their life. They just realized, daddy meant it. Dad stopped. We're fixing this right here, right now. 
Did it cost me some time? It did, but it set an established principle for me in my life. I've got to be consistent. I can't have a rule today and not a rule tomorrow. And by the way, did I fail at that again? Oh, over and over. But you keep working at it. Moms, keep working at it. You're the one with the little children all day. Maybe she was grouchy and angry with him instead of being spirit-filled while she was spending the time. Maybe she just went off the handle and angry and making one in. Maybe she criticized him more than she encouraged him. Maybe she was bossy and not submissive to her husband. You know what I, I, I found over the years in children is that when mom talks back to dad, the children tend to talk back to mom, especially the boys, because the boys lose respect for mom. You disrespecting Papa but me, they don't think it through, but it's how their hearts work. You disrespecting Papa Bamimi by disrespecting you. Boys, that's wrong. You don't disrespect your mom. But mom, it's wrong. Don't disrespect your husband. Maybe she was too busy with her own business. Maybe she let Micah develop relationships with the wrong kind of young people. I mean, I know that in our culture we have people sometimes living in the house, but sometimes you just have to explain to your child the way that Junior behaves I know we all live here together, but the way Junior's behaving and where he's going, you cannot go with him. No. And if the mother's like, why don't you? Say, I'm sorry. You're, you keep complaining to me about how Junior won't listen to you. I, I can't let my son go with Junior. You say, is it hard? Which is more important, your relationship with that other person or raising your child for the glory of God? That's your child. That's the one you'll stand before God and give account for. Maybe she backed off when Micah got older. Okay, you can go to here. And then you find out, Micah, where were you tonight? What? Why didn't you come home? Oh, me round, round, let me go all same, let me go all same. And you don't have any idea where he or she went. You don't back off your supervision as they get older. And this one's probably underneath all of it. She made her decisions based on her emotions in the moment. She made her decisions based on the culture of her people. You're like, oh, she was a Hebrew. She was an Israelite. She was an Israelite at a time when a lot of them were backsliding away from God. She had good examples, but she didn't follow it. And she let her emotions and the culture drive her. And she let worldly thinking drive her rather than God's word. Sisters, hear me. When you come to church, I, I see when I'm preaching how attentive you are right now, how you're listening. I know you listen the same to Pastor Matt and don't go home and turn that off. Let the word guide your heart. Not just the worldly thinking, you're bombarded with that. What is the result of this? Verse 6. Micah's mom contributed to the fall of her family. And then because Micah goes and, and builds this house of idols, it draws away an entire tribe. And you could even say that she contributed to the downfall of the entire nation of Israel because of the pollution that she made in her son. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. There was no king in Israel. There was no leader. Everyone did that which was right in their own eyes. We don't want to do that. But can I say I'm tired of the bad example? Lucim, let's go to Proverbs 31. Because I see in this lady some exact opposites of Micah's mom. And these are the things that are going to be much more helpful to us than listen to me talk about how bad Micah's mom was. I want to compare her to the godly mother of Proverbs chapter 31. 
There's 22 verses between verses 10 and 31 that speak of this lady. In the first few, I'm not going to read them, but it talks about how she works hard, how she uses her mind. She uses her knowledge, her, her, her uh, abilities and her skills. She's faithful to her husband and to her family. 15 talks about how she feeds her family. Verse 20 talks about how she cares for the needy. Verses 21, 22, and 25 talk about how she cares for her family and herself in their clothing. I mean, this is an interesting thing, that it would cover the topic of their clothing. And in fact, in verse 23, it talks about her husband is known in the gates. He is a leader in the community, but she is known through him. Could be his clothing, whatever. She has a good testimony as a wife. But I want to compare her as a mother to Micah's mom. I want to pick this up in verse 26. Proverbs 31, verse 26. First thing I noticed that it says about her is it says, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She opens her mouth with wisdom. I saw none of that in Micah's mom. She uses wise words. And those wise words come from the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 9 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This lady speaks with wisdom because she fears the Lord. She wants to walk with God. She wants to be there. I believe that even as Paul tells us in Colossians 4, he talks about let your speech be always with grace. I believe that this lady is a gracious lady and she speaks with grace. In fact, the second half of 26, it says she uses kind words. In her tongue is the law of kindness. Ladies, do we have that kind of tongue? Is kindness what you're known for? She uses kind words. Remember Micah's mom? She was a lady that cursed. Bad language, bad attitude, not kind words. And her tongue was not the law of kindness. But we want, I say we, mothers, want that to be what we're known for. Opening our mouth with wisdom and being kind. I see in verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. She looks well to the ways of her household. That doesn't speak to her feeding them and clothing them. It's already addressed that. This is, she looks well to the way that they go. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child, what? In the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart in it. She looks well to the ways of her household. How is my daughter going? How is my son going? How are things going for my husband? She looks well to the ways of her household and she works at helping them, trying to guide and lead and help. With children, did you know that they have to be trained to do good? Children don't have to be trained to do bad. Oh, they can learn worse bad things, but children come from the womb speaking lies. Little kids learn how to lie. Little, little children learn how to fight. Little children learn how to steal from each other on their own. It's in their own heart. One child sees the other one has a toy. I want that toy. He takes it. He never comes up the very first time and says, hello, my playmate. May I have that toy and play with it for a while? That's not how children start. They start stealing. They start lying. Who said brukimia? You know me. You know me. My dog is more transparent than some kids I'd be. You know how the dog gets something, knocks something over, gets in the rubbish? You ask the dog. 
dog. Who did that? Head goes down, tail goes down. I mean, there's more repentance. The children are like fast to say, wasn't me, wasn't me. You have to train them. In fact, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of my favorite verses, where it says we should trust in the Lord with all our heart. Mothers, that's what you're going to have to do here. Trust in the Lord to help you with this. Trust, and in all your ways, acknowledge Him. You see, we can't guide their ways if our ways aren't correct. We've got to go the right direction so that our children will know to go the right direction. We can't send them on the right direction. We lead them on the right direction. She looketh well to the ways of her household, much different than Micah's mom. In fact, she sets a good example in the second half of that in verse 27. She eats not the bread of idleness. I don't know how lazy Micah's mom was, but there's nothing mentioned in the text of any good she did. Mother's laziness, it's like, I don't, you, you don't have anything to do. I know everybody has things to do. And some of you are extremely busy. But some of us are not. And as Paul would tell us in the New Testament, you go about becoming as a gossip or a busybody in other people's matters. And your children see that. You have responsibilities in your home. Make sure that you're not being the lazy one. This lady here, she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. It's a way to say she is not lazy. Verse 28. Verse 28, as she guides her family as they walk with God, they influence their community for good. And her children rise up, verse 28, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. The response of her family tells us of the influence that she has. Think of Micah's mom. She influenced Micah to go the wrong way. And Micah went the wrong way, and Micah pulled down a Levite. And he pulled down the Levite, and they pulled down a tribe. And pulling down the tribe, they pulled down the nation. This lady, whose husband is some sort of a leader, he sits in the gate, that's a Hebrew term, for he sits among the counselors of the town, the city. This, this lady is influencing people through her husband and through her children, and they rise up and call her blessed. I don't think that that's uh, uh, just a term. It's one thing when you're sitting around and you're saying it, but when she comes in the room, they rise up. You know, this is our mom. This lady is special. They rise up and call her blessed. Her husband praises her. The response here of the family gives you an idea of where the mother is. Now, mothers, I know you don't do what you do for praise, but there is sometimes that you get a gauge you get to see. Somebody sees what you're doing. They see the investment that you're making. And so in 29 and 30, I just want us to take a look at this. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. It's interesting because the author here just changed from talking about somebody in the third person, her, she. Now he said thou, and that's singular, you. Ladies, I believe Proverbs 31 just shifted and the finger point just came to you. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Could God say that for you and about you? Could God say that, that you, lady, have excelled? You're like, I, 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 I failed too many times. Yeah, but do, what do you do when you fail? Do you come back to God? Do you, do, you, do you come to him and, God, I failed in this. Would you please forgive me for that? Help me to work with my family better. Help me to walk 
a straighter path, help me to be a better example, because that's what he's looking for. He's not looking for sacrifice, he's just looking for obedience, and when we fail, we get up. But we get up not in our own strength, we get up in his strength. God's looking and he's speaking to you. It's been third person, it's been she, her, now it's you, it's you. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. Favor, that's how many people like you on Faceplant. Beauty is vain. If you're talking about you're always going to have this beautiful thing on the outside, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she's beautiful on the inside. In our context with Micah's mother versus this lady, this godly lady here, she fears the Lord and she is to be praised. And ladies, that's what we want. But we want to rear our children properly. We want to rear them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, as Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6. Whatever this world has to offer is not worth it. Your children are worth so much. Those of you that are young ladies and you haven't had a child yet, that day is coming and you will hold in your arms the most beautiful and wonderful thing you've ever seen in your life. It's going to be the most dear thing. Put the priority on serving Christ, following Jesus, and training that little one to follow the Lord. No greater reward. Let's bow for prayer. Pastor Matt, you come. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you give us positive and negative examples, Lord. Sometimes we must learn from those who make mistakes, but at the same time, God, thank you for the positive things in your word that show us the direction of the way things should be done. I pray for our mothers here, God. I ask you to encourage them as only you can. I pray that you would help them, Lord, to hear as the Spirit of God is working right now, I pray that you'd help them to determine in the strength of Christ to do well with their children, to rear them well, to love them. I pray for a mom here today or a young lady who doesn't know Jesus. God, I pray for you to work in their heart. And Lord, we'll trust you for the result in Jesus' name. Can I ask you to stand with us with heads bowed and eyes closed? And uh, last Sunday, I gave an invitation and asked dads to come and pray for your family yourselves. And today I'd like to ask mothers to come. Uh, perhaps the Lord has spoken to your heart this morning, some area that you can improve on. Maybe you're a mom or maybe you're a grandmother. You still have the ability to influence children in your family. Maybe you're yet to be a mom, but you expect to be one. The day might come soon or later. I invite you to come and spend a time around the Word. I don't want to be like Micah's mom. I want to be a complainer, driving my child away from the Lord, worshiping the false gods of modern day, contributing to the fall of a home and a tribe and a nation. But instead, I want to use wise words, God's words, kind words, guiding the ways of my children, being a good example. Father, this morning, we have many mothers around the altar this morning. I thank you for them, the influence that they have on a daily basis into the lives of their children, grandchildren. Father, I pray for us to make wise decisions 
I pray that we would be godly. I pray for dads who standing this morning that they would back up their wives. I pray that they would not undermine the message that mom has given in the home, but instead that they would work together, help those children to be raised in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. While we still have our heads, I might just ask if you have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a guy, you're a lady. You've heard now four sermons over the last few weeks on a godly home, and I pray that you would want a godly home, but that's got to start with you yourself having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I might ask this morning, perhaps you've never put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you'd like to do that today. Would you raise your hand anywhere in the building you'd like to speak with someone? Brother Eric. If you guys could just sit up. Is there another this morning? Say, Pastor, I'd like to talk to somebody. Just raise your hand. We'd love to have somebody sit down with you, show you how you can know for sure that you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there another one like that? Father, thank you for the righteousness that comes as a result of us trusting in the Lord Jesus. Salvation that comes through you alone. And it's because of you that we are able to be right with you. Oh, we can never do enough. But it's because of what you've done. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be godly dads, godly moms, raise godly children, be consistent as was spoken this morning. And I pray that we would point our children, our homes, our tribes, and our nation towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your goodness upon us. I pray these things in the beautiful name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Capital City Baptist Church of Port Mosby. We would love to have you join us for service if you are in the area. If you need help with transportation, Please give us a call on 709-1000. Again, it's 709-1000.